0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're gonna talk about one of my unexpectedly favorite games on the marketplace today, Dead by Daylight. Now, if you aren't familiar with Dead by Daylight, don't be too intimidated by this creepy looking killer man. It is ostensibly about Halloween horrors and stalking and killing, but at the end of the day, Dead by Daylight is really a very advanced game of tag. One of my favorite parts about the game is that effectively you're using mostly your eyeballs and your ears and not so much the user interface. As Behavior Interactive, the makers of Dead by Daylight describe it, Dead by Daylight is an asymmetrical multiplayer horror game where one player takes on the role of a savage killer and the other four players play as survivors, trying to escape the killer and avoid being caught and killed. Now, a few years back... Video games had a lot of these, a lot of asymmetrical multiplayer games, a lot of them focused on this kind of stalking-in-the-woods killer dynamic uh, of Halloween horror. Dead by Daylight is one of the few games that really survived and thrived in that competitive environment. Now, on its, I think it's close to fifth anniversary, it is one of the more popular entries in this particular specialized genre, including from me. I put this in my honorable mention last year, if you saw this when we were discussing our favorite games of 2020, because it was in 2020 that I was brought to Dead by Daylight, but it didn't seem right to make it a game of the year for me, even though I've enjoyed it as much as I have, because it did come out five years ago. Now, with that popularity, Behavior Interactive and Dead by Daylight has found that people are willing to license materials to them. They've been willing to license things like Nightmare on Elm Street, Saw, Resident Evil, which was a big one that recently hit Dead by Daylight this year. Stranger Things, and we'll definitely be coming back to that. Ash versus Evil Dead or just Evil Dead or Army of Darkness, or whatever you want to take from that. Nancy from Stranger Things. More Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Halloween, Left for Dead, etc., etc. But as you probably know, if you're a video gamer at all, with licensed material comes certain risks. And among those risks are that licenses in general aren't perpetual. We're going to be taking a look at an intellectual property license just as a sample one that we look at from the Securities and Exchange Commission to talk about how an intellectual property license looks, what kind of features it has, but they aren't generally forever. And that's probably okay for most things. Most video games aren't going to be live services games that are going to be around for five years, but they are probably going to be around for at least a couple, which brings us to Stranger Things and today's story. So in 2019, Behavior Interactive, Dead by Daylight, announced that they would be bringing over stranger things to the Dead by Daylight environment. They would come with Steve and Nancy and a Demogorgon as the killer and a map set in the Hawking's Laboratory in Indiana where a bunch of interesting things happen, especially in the early seasons of the show. As of yesterday, however, they also announced that it was going to be your last chance to buy these products, the Demogorgon, Nancy and Steve, and put in their tweet that they are all going away as of November of this year, which if you're keeping track at home, it's the 11th month of the year. It's the eighth month right now. It's about a three-month window. You'll want to keep that in mind because that's how intellectual property contracts work. As you would expect on the internet, the usual folks started getting upset about this kind of thing. Here's the Reddit post with a 1,500 upvotes from about 22 hours ago as of the taping of this video talking about this particular licensed material going away and how that isn't what they want for Dead by Daylight. Now, there are other folks, obviously, it's a big conversation and some folks are fine with it because the map's going to be leaving. A lot of people don't like that map. But that overall, Dead by Daylight had been trying to build this kind of menagerie of popular horror franchises. And to the extent that those can go away on a dime, that makes the whole foundation feel a little bit weaker. And that is, in fact, the case... And because they only announced it in September of 2019, or I believe August of 2019, we aren't talking about a long-lived property in Dead by Daylight. Yes, it brought me to the game, and I'm glad that it did, but it's going to go away forever. And dealing with that is something that Behavior Interactive has taken upon itself to discuss with its fan base, because I believe... And you can correct me in the comments of this video if I'm wrong on this, that this is the first time one of these pieces of licensed materials has been lost to Behavior Interactive and the game. So they put up an entire fact, which mostly repeats itself. It kind of sounds like a mantra or a spell that they try to cast with some of these sentences. We're not going to be going over all of it. Uh, I will, of course, link it. But basically what they are trying to say is it's going away, but you're going to be able to keep the stuff that you bought. As with all live services games, they say, frequent updates, additions, and the occasional change are to be expected. Now, we talk a lot about corporate messaging here, and I don't want to put behavior interactive in the corner on this kind of stuff. But when you are being asked about the removal of content, you don't need to elide the question in your very first sentence. We're all here reading this fact because stuff is getting taken out of the game. So you don't have to pretend that we're talking about updates, additions, or I guess removal constitutes the occasional change. You can just be honest and say, well, you know, sometimes stuff goes away when we license materials from third parties that we don't control. We'll talk about those contracts. That's understandable. You don't have to treat your fan base like they can't understand what's occurring when it's outside your control. With Stranger Things, our focus continues to be ensuring the legacy of these characters within our game for fans who have purchased them or plan to do so by November 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern. With the exception of the Hawkins National Laboratory, all Stranger Things content surrounding Nancy, Steve, and the Demogorgon will remain part of the Dead by Daylight experience. What will be the last date to purchase? We said November 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern. If I own the Stranger Things chapter or individual characters, will I still be able to play them? With the exception of the Hawkins National Laboratory map, all Stranger Things content, including characters, outfits, and perks, will remain playable. Will the map still be playable? No, we just said that. What will happen with my perks? We just said you'll keep them. What about achievements? You don't lose your progress on the characters that you already own. Here's an interesting bit. The achievements will be made generic so as to not specify Stranger Things. And if you had already completed the achievement, it will be automatically unlocked, presumably the new version of it. So they actually have to get rid of references to Stranger Things with the one exception, generally being as a negotiated point between them and Netflix, being that, hey, if our people spent money or time, Uh, actually getting these characters, then you can't take those away. However, the business model of this particular game is that when you get a package like that, the map always goes into the game for free. And that was designed, I think, wisely in Dead by Daylight to make sure that you don't have any fragmentation of the audience like you saw in some multiplayer games uh, earlier on this century where you had different people buying different map packs, and you could only play those map packs if everybody owned them. And so that meant that in a multiplayer environment, it was difficult to sell map packs because you never knew when you were going to actually get to play what you had purchased. So what Dead by Daylight does is that you can purchase the characters, which are survivors, the people that are running away from the killer, or you can purchase the killers or both in a package format. But the map related to those things is always going to go straight into our map list. That said, Hawkins was some kind of development time. It was a map that some people like, some people don't. And it's going to go away within two years of its appearing on the platform. And no new content will be created after that November 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern deadline for Stranger Things. So it's an interesting setup and one that I think is probably a little bit unexpected. Before we talk about why I think it might be a little bit unexpected for Behavior and maybe even other industry participants, and you can get your hints from the thumbnail to this video. I want to talk about the law here because, hey, it's virtual legality. It's what we do. And I think we can talk about it with some level of intelligence, how these things look, how these things are conveyed between parties. So let's take a look at one of those agreements that conveys intellectual property. Now, as I said, this is from the SEC. This doesn't relate to video games, but it does get the point across as to the kinds of things you have to include when you are licensing out your intellectual property. Now, Netflix... Owns Stranger Things. It's the ones that can make lunch boxes and t shirts and hats. And yes, it licenses out its brand in Stranger Things and its characters and its plot points and its settings and everything else to those manufacturers, including manufacturers of video games. But it retains ownership of making Stranger Things stuff. It has that copyright that we talk about so often here in virtual legality. So, in an agreement, a licensor, the Netflix of the world, says, Hey, I'm the owner of the name and mark let's say Stranger Things, here in this agreement it says CNL and other intellectual property and proprietary materials that together constitute the brand image here by which licensor is known, but just in general, that constitutes the Stranger Things kind of concept. You Behavior Interactive, Dead by Daylight, wishes to obtain a non-exclusive license to use the IP rights. You're not going to be the only ones that can use the Stranger Things license. And almost always in a license like this, you will see it described as non-exclusive because an exclusive license technically, unless other language is put in the contract, would prevent the owner itself from doing things with the intellectual property it owns throughout the lifetime of an agreement of this type. So you'll generally see non-exclusive. Then you'll have a paragraph that actually talks about the grant. To the extent licensor owns or controls the rights we just talked about, licensor grants to licensee, Netflix gives to behavior, a license during the term of this agreement to a non-exclusive worldwide license to use the IP rights, including without limitation the marks, only in connection with something. You will license out those marks to do something with them, to write a book, to make a lunchbox. Here, to put characters and a level in your video game. So you'll be limited in the license that you get from the owner, both by term, the time of the agreement, and by the use that you have of it. Behavior Interactive couldn't turn around and make an animated Netflix or an animated Stranger Things show in competition with Netflix. That's not what Netflix licensed out. And this is part of what you pay lawyers for is to suss out exactly what the parameters of an agreement of this type are. Continuing on, we see things that we expect when a licensor is involved. Licensor and its representatives shall have the right to oversee the use of the IP rights by licensee. Now, ordinarily, we'd see a little bit more contour here, but this is just a brand license and not something creative like putting video game characters in your video game. But you'll often see you'll have mandatory meetings. You'll have to get approval of certain artistic decisions that you'd make with incorporating another party's licensed materials, and they get in the contract the right to be a part of that process. We then scroll down. We get another affirmation. Licensee acknowledges and agrees that the IP rights it's going to be using without limitation, the marks and the goodwill associated with the IP rights are owned by licensor. We are talking about a license, not a transfer. So Netflix owns the rights to Stranger Things. It's not giving them up by licensing them out. And then we get a term provision. Here it says it will commence on the effective date, that's normal, and continue until the termination of a certain advisory agreement. So it was tied to a secondary agreement that was entered into between these two parties. That could be the case between Netflix and Behavior, but more often it will say this will go on for a year or two years with automatic renewals or renewals subject to the consent of the parties. We might reevaluate what the royalty rate is, what's getting paid between the parties, etc. etc. And then... Here in this provision, we see following notice of the termination of the advisory agreement, which is going to trigger termination under this agreement. Licensee shall have no greater than 120 days to cease use of the IP rights, which is another kind of concept that you often see in these agreements to indicate that when somebody has in-licensed your intellectual property, there's a certain amount of commitment to that. They've designed a level. They've put in the effort to get their characters in the video game. And so very often you'll either have a notification period Where 60 days, 120 days before the end of a natural lifetime for the agreement, the other party says, we are going to tell you that we're terminating right now so that you know, and you have that advance notice, or you see here a transition period that says we get four months, we get three months. And it's worth noting when you look at the date that they continue to say here, November 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern, you're looking at almost exactly three months from when this notification is given to their customers. So that seems in all likelihood to match up with some kind of notice period for termination, some kind of transition period. And if they were being very corporate honest in a fact like this, they would say, Netflix pulled the license, or we wouldn't agree to whatever Netflix asked for in terms of royalty increases, whatever it might be. However that happened, there was a license for these materials that allowed us to use Netflix intellectual property, and that license is ending. And no, that's no fun for the customers. That's no fun for the people that enjoy Dead by Daylight. That's not even fun for the people that just are on the Netflix side and love Stranger Things and maybe came over to Dead by Daylight because of that connection. But it happens. Now, one of the very interesting questions to me is why it happened. It seemed to be successful. People like the Stranger Things characters. They serve as advertisements for a somewhat dormant intellectual property. Stranger Things is gonna be, I think, between three years between entries into their various seasons. And so I think it was helping, but Netflix has had a significant change in strategy that's been announced only in the past couple of months. You might have seen my video here in Virtual Legality. The Netflix of games might just be Netflix. And that was all based on some leaked materials that were eventually revealed to investors that said Netflix was going to be getting into the video game business. Now, fortunately, they actually talked about this with their investors a month or two ago, and we can see exactly what they're planning. We're also in the early stages of further expanding into games, building on our earlier efforts around interactivity, for example, Black Mirror, Bandersnatch, and our Stranger Things games. We view gaming as another new content category for us, similar to our expansion into original films, animation, and unscripted TV. Games will be included in members' Netflix subscription at no additional cost, similar to films and series. Initially, we'll be primarily focused on games for mobile devices. We're excited as ever about our moves, movies and TV series offerings, and we expect a long runway of increasing investment and growth across all of our existing content categories, but... Since we are nearly a decade into our push into original programming, we think the time is right to learn more about how our members value games. So Netflix, as a company, has announced that they are going to be internally making video games. And in that internal push, they're going to be trying to drive up the value proposition of the Netflix subscription. They're not going to be having people buy these things separately. And I say drive up the value proposition. Yes, they would like to drive up that value. They would also like to drive up that price. Undoubtedly, that's how these things work. So we'll see exactly what happens with their subscription pricing once this game's initiative takes off. But as it stands right now, Netflix is positioning itself differently than it was positioning itself even two years ago. So when you ask the question of what's happening here, one answer possibly could be, that Netflix is going to start pulling back all of its intellectual property and dealing with it internally. The value of this proposition to the extent that it's being made, even if it's in match three mobile games, whatever it might look like for Netflix, is having a certain amount of exclusivity. You want to watch Stranger Things and then play the Stranger Things game? You don't leave to go to Dead by Daylight. You don't leave to go to somewhere else where we've licensed out this material. You stay in the Netflix ecosystem. You watch our stuff. And by staying in that ecosystem, hopefully we are getting more and more solidified in your keeping your subscription with us from the Netflix perspective. Now, the other thing that could be happening, of course, whenever you have a license canceled, especially on only a two-year basis, which isn't a ton of time, especially for a live services contract, is that there could just be a difference of opinion. We mentioned that there could be a difference of opinion on a renewal fee, on what the royalties are, how much money Netflix is making. And one of the things that could lean you in that direction is that Netflix just announced a different partnership not a couple of months ago. Here we've got a PlayStation blog from July 12th announcing on July 13th that Stranger Things would be coming to a different multiplayer game called Smite, which frankly, I don't like as much as Dead by Daylight, but reasonable minds can differ on these kinds of things. And the question becomes, is this a long-term arrangement? Should folks that play Smite and love Stranger Things be concerned when they see what happened to Dead by Daylight? Or is it just a move over to a company that maybe Netflix likes more or can get more money from on better deal terms? We don't know. What we do know is that Netflix has announced that they want to make more games like Stranger Things 3 the game. They want to make them internally and they want to drive value to their specific ecosystem. So if I were guessing purely speculation-based, I would say that Smite's relationship here is probably short-lived. It's going to be whatever the normal length of the contract is. needs, no reason to get out early, but that Netflix is probably Going to be trying to consolidate what it views as its strongest assets its strongest resources to give value directly to itself and its own enterprise rather than splitting that money with other video game companies that are using their intellectual property will that work out that's an open question certainly didn't work out for disney interactive every single time they tried to do it with their own intellectual property which is why you see them licensing out that property and having great games come out of it like spider-man from insomniac I enjoy the Avengers. I know people don't. So you can take that with a grain of salt, but that Disney has gotten better at moving that property out to other folks that make video games and Netflix is going the other direction. So we'll have to see. But for right now, if you're interested in buying Stranger Things content on Dead by Daylight, you have until November 17th at 2 p.m. And you can see that referenced about 25 times in this particular fact. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy talking about the business and law of video games, pop culture, technology, and the rest, please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon you can check out. We've got other ways to support the channel that are shown in the description. Or just subscribing, telling your friends, upvoting, downvoting. Having us appear on various forums that you might be on is very, very helpful. And I appreciate every little bit of it. If you caught it on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality.